Welcome everyone and shalom as always. Good to see y'all here. On TikTok, I see we have um, 
Hey, we got uh, was it Darren there? Say, hey, it's me from Grinder. Welcome. How you doing? We have on YouTube. We have one John two twenty six says Yeshua did not come to abolish the law, but to abolish sin by his teachings, his walk, and his grace. There is no such thing as a new covenant of law. There is no such thing as as a religion. Very, very awesome word there. 1 John 2.26. Byron says, Shalom, friends. Great to be back. Shalom, Byron. Good to see you. Great to have you back. 1 John 2.26 says, Borrowed from another thread. Shalom. Wow, okay. Shalom. Welcome, as always. Kalamentos says, Shalom to all. Shalom, Kalamentos. Psalm 94. Uh, says, Shalom, my friend and I are off to Parliament Hill, Ottawa tomorrow morning to join the truckers in the protest rally. Uh, please pray for us for a safe and quick trip and for the Lord's protection. Amen. We will definitely. Um, yeah, let's just just give me a minute. We'll, we'll, we will pray with you. Byron says, nice starting off with the guitar. Thank you, Byron. Vinny says, Shalom, everyone. Amen. At 1 John 2.26. And 1 John 2.26 says, Part 2, keep a holy faith. If you love Yeshua, keep his commandments. The devil appears as an angel of light. No such thing as a law, a law of love and peace. Yeshua is love, so keep his commandments. So you notice, if I can add something there as well, um, you notice that you, the devil is always always trying to get people to believe that it's okay to disobey God. It's okay to disobey his commandments right from the very garden of Eden all the way through the ages. 1 John 2.26 says, uh, impressive. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. 1 John 2.26. Vinny says, awesome guitar. I love the sound of the guitar. Wish I could play again. Thank you, Vinny. Abril says, shalom, shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom, Abril. Welcome. Okay, so let's pray for Psalm 94. She, uh, Psalm 94 here has a specific prayer request. Again, for those of you who are just joining, I know there's a few of you that just jumped on in the past few minutes, especially on TikTok as well. By the way, anybody else that has any prayer requests, feel, feel free to submit them, uh, and we will pray. You know, it says in the scriptures, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And, you know, we are... Uh, well, let me just say this, uh, you know, I hope we're all uh, righteous men and women of God. And uh, so and we know that Yeshua said where two or three agree uh, there uh, he is in the midst of us. And, you know, there's more power in prayer, right? There's more power in prayer. So once again, uh, Psalm 94 says, my friend and I are off to Parliament Hilt, Ottawa tomorrow morning to join the truckers in the protest rally. Please pray for us for a safe and quick trip and for the Lord's protection. Now, yeah, again, for those of you who are just joining, it is a, a, quite an amazing thing that's going on in Canada uh, in these these last few days and in, in, in approaching the weekend as well. There are hundreds of thousands of people expected to show up uh, on uh, on Parliament Hill that's in Ottawa, the capital of of Canada, uh, to protest the um, the mandates. So, uh, yeah, and there, there, are, there are 
tens of thousands of trucks that uh, uh, traveled from coast from the from the west coast all the way, and they're very near Ottawa right now. Um, they've been traveling for the past few days, three or four days anyway, and uh, it's been uh, what some people say is the longest con uh, the longest the longest truck convoy in history. Uh, some people say, well, this was this is old news actually. A couple of days ago, and every day, as as every day goes on, there are more and more joining the convoy. The convoy, but as of a few days ago, they said the convoy was like fifty miles long. Um, now it's a few days ago, so it could be a lot longer than that right now. I have read that it's estimated that if you put a, if you put all the trucks together in one line, there would be. Um, almost a thousand kilometers of trucks and they're all going to congregate right at right uh, right in ottawa uh and they're and they're going to they say they're going to stay there until until they see until they get results until they get freedom so it is called a freedom convoy 2022 for those of you who are wondering uh what this is all about if you want to look it up it's called freedom convoy 2022 uh lots tens of thousands i i read there just about a couple hours ago that on um, it was on Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's 15,000 trucks that came up from the from the USA came, you know, went up to to Canada just to join the, their Canadian, uh, their Canadian counterparts and uh, to to make their voices heard. And I've also heard that there are people all over the world, different different nations such as Australia and such that that are also more or less kind of jumping on board and doing that kind of thing. And they're planning on that kind of thing in their own nation as well. So it seems like there is um, a, quite a movement going on. So we should pray not only for Psalm 94, and we will pray for you Psalm 94, but we will also pray for that event in, uh, you know, specifically for that event. Uh, again, the uh, the whole idea is, and it all, it all started with Prime Minister Trudeau's um, mandates on truckers, saying that that, that uh, no trucker is allowed uh, to cross the border into Canada without without their without their status, right? Without their status of uh, their certain medical status they have to have. And so that's what all that's what started this whole thing. So the truckers just kind of, um, you know came together in unity and said we have to we have to do something about this and they organized they organized the convoy and again some people say that it is the longest convoy the convoy of trucks in history um i have seen um some other personalities talk about it such as uh ben shapiro i heard was was talking about it uh sean hannity that was on it was on uh fox as well uh joe rogan was talking about it as well. And so this is, uh, this is something, you know, this is for freedom. This is for, uh, I mean, this would go over into the idea of just the freedom of religion as well. Uh, and so it's a very, very important thing. I think that we should be, we should really, um, we should really keep them in prayer the next few days. For those of you who are prayer warriors, you guys are, uh, you know, you're praying and you, you know, you feel like you're called to pray. This is something to put on your list, especially for the next few days. So what the the thing is, uh, from what I've read and understand, is this convoy of trucks, and it is a massive, massive. I'm not even sure if I can find a picture of it, um, but it is an, a massive convoy of uh, 
I just went to Google and I just started typing free and, and that's the first thing that popped up is Freedom Convoy. Yeah, like I just started typing free. Free, I just typed free in Google and the first thing that popped up here was Freedom Convoy 2022. And so, yeah, there are some, uh, it, lots and lots of trucks. Anyway, it's it's just an amazing, it's an amazing thing that's that's happening. Um not only trucks are are in this convoy, but also cars and, you know, vans and all kinds of different vehicles and uh, people joining them in the side of the road and uh, greeting them as they go. Uh, quite an amazing thing. So we're going to pray for uh, for peace. We're going to pray for safety. We're going to pray for God's will to be done. We're going to pray that this is something that God could use to to uh, to bring his righteousness and his justice on this earth, at least get us further into that. At least a little bit closer to that. You know what I'm saying? Instead of these uh, tyrannical uh, things that are going on here in the world with different different leaders in this in this world. So, let's pray for uh, Psalm 94. We're going to pray for that event. Yeah, uh, so Josh says here on um, TikTok, Josh says Canada free uh, the whole country with them, not just the truckers anymore. Yes, uh, that's that's what I understand. Like it's it's uh, I was just listening to um, a few videos there earlier and some live feeds and also some uh, different news uh, articles and feeds and uh, along one of the highways, the stretch of highways. Um, in Ontario, like every overpass, they said was just like people standing everywhere, just uh, cheering these uh, truckers on, and uh, you know, cheering on for freedom and and to tear down the walls of tyranny. Um, again, if you, I mean, I, I know most of uh, the um, audience uh, for this uh, live this live stream right now, and this video uh, is uh, in the states. But uh, hey, you know what? You know, in the states, uh, what happens here in Canada will definitely spill over into the states. And like I said, there are some some high uh, high profile figures in the United States that are talking about this, and they have been talking about this for the past few days, including Donald Trump Jr. as well. He's he uh, he actually posted a video on Rumble about it as well. Um, yeah, lots of people talking about it, and so. Um, Let's pray for that. And Psalm 94, uh, yeah, I understand that in Ottawa there uh, in the next, just again, for those of you who are not too familiar with what's going on, um, I think they started, when was it, Tuesday or Monday or something like that, they started the convoy. And the they are all, there's convoys coming from the East Coast, con, convoy is a convoy coming from the East Coast, one from the West Coast. And everybody else is, is meeting together and they're all meeting at the same time, basically, uh, in Ottawa. And that would be on Saturday, on Saturday. So it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, and they're saying that uh, they don't know how long they're going to be there, but they're going to stay there as long as it takes to get the job done is what they're saying. So, um, And these people, too, a lot of them are, uh, most of them, from what I see, are believers as well. I know one of their major, one of the major websites that they have is a website that actually has uh, a form that you can fill out that you can actually type out prayers for them. 
uh, you know, submit a prayer, not a prayer request, but a prayer to, uh, to them so that they actually, they can read the actual prayer that you're praying for them. Uh, so this is, um, something that we should all be praying about all of, all of us believers, everybody who is, uh, on the side of freedom. And, you know, I don't think it's coincidence that we're talking about freedom tonight because we're talking about the exodus, okay? The exodus out of Egypt, you know? And so that's it. We serve a God of freedom, right? We serve a God of freedom, a God who wants us to be free to worship him, bottom line, bottom line, free to serve him, free to worship him, free to pray, free to do what he said we should do. Free from sin, free to walk in righteousness. Amen, amen. Okay, so let's all join together and let's pray for uh, Melody of Psalm 94 right here, uh, asking us to pray for safety, for a quick trip, and for the Lord's protection. Amen. Father, we come before you. In the name of Yeshua, Father, we thank you, Father, for what you've done. Thank you, Father, for bringing us to this time in history, in this time in our lives. Thank you, Father, for your blessings in our lives today, that we are alive to see what we're seeing. We're alive to do what we're able to do, that each one of us can make an impact on the world around us. Father, we thank you, Father, for what you've given us for the, the, the skills you've given us, for the abilities you've given us, for the aptitude that you've given us. Father, we bless you. We worship you. Holy is your name. Great and awesome are you, Lord. Let the Lord arise. And may his enemies be scattered. Yes, let the Lord rise. Rise from your rest, O Lord, and may your enemies be scattered. Send forth your angels. Send forth people. Send forth anything and everything. Is We know, Father, you have everything at, at your disposal. You have all the resources at your fingertips. And we know, Father, you have sent um, you have sent lots of things so far. Uh let me just double, I know I'm in the midst of prayer here, but I just want to double check here. There is a GoFundMe. Wow. Oh man. Oh man. I'm going to share this. I'm going to share this in the middle of prayer. Oh yeah. GoFundMe. And this is just in a matter of days. Check this out, guys. GoFundMe. And these are mainly small donations. Okay. Except for like, there's this one here. It's like $25,000, but a lot of them are just 50,000 or not $50,000, $50, $20, $10, $5. Um, and there's like 83,100 people that donated. And so far they've got about six and a half million dollars for the cause. Six and a half million dollars as of the, as of this video, as of this video. Uh, so, uh, Father, we thank you, Father, for what you are doing. Thank you, Father. Father, we just pray, Father, this would be a, uh, a, a, a vessel, this would be an event that you could use to bring your righteousness and bring your holiness. Father, we know, I know that you are sending forth even street preachers. You are sending, you are sending forth people there at that event in Ottawa to preach, to preach repentance, to preach against the sins of the nation 
and to call people in your love and in your mercy and by your grace to turn from their sins, to turn from their unrighteousness, to turn from their injustice and calling the leaders of the land, not, not just of Canada, but this is, this is a, a, an example. This is a precedence that is set for the leaders of the world, that they should turn from their injustice, turn from their pride, turn from their arrogance, humble themselves under the mighty hand of God that they would turn to him. As it says in 2 Chronicles, and we're going to pull this up, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, you know where I'm going. You know where I'm going with this, but this is the word of God, the God, the creator of the, of the heavens and this earth. This is the word of God. He said, starting in verse 13, when I shut up heaven, and there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. Dare we say we have some, a little bit of pestilence? If my people, this, this is the prescription of the almighty God. This is the prescription of the great physician. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, humble yourself, leaders, humble yourself. Leaders of these politicians, every leader within the sound of my voice, this is the word of God. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and pray and seek my face and last but certainly not least and turn from their wicked ways. Here's the promise of God. Then, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. So, Father, draw people to mighty and deep prayers, prayers of repentance, where they would turn from their wicked ways and they will turn towards you. Drive them to their knees, Father. Drive them to their faces. Let them fall upon their face in repentance. Send your angels, O yod heh Send your angels. Let the angels of God be dis dispatched to be with these people, to be with these truckers and everyone else that joins them, to protect them, make them safe. Father, let your protection, let your hands of protection be around these people as we know that there are these, we know that there are these lunatic organizations that are coming against these people now. Father, let your righteousness prevail. Father, let your righteousness prevail and justice And let freedom come. Freedom. Freedom to worship God, to serve God as everyone sees fit. According to your word, Father. According to your word. Father. 
Father, these people, we ask you, these people that are that are going there in faith and in prayer, Father, reinforce them. Reinforce them, Father, by your spirit, by your angels. Reinforce them and drive the tyrannical dark leaders of the nation, the leaders of every nation that is in this darkness, drive them to their knees on their faces and get serious with God. Not to make an excuse for sin anymore. Not to set themselves up as God. Not, not, don't let them set themselves up as God. Let them humble themselves under your mighty hand, O Father. Let them humble themselves under your mighty hand. Father, give these people strength. Father, give these people strength, stamina, direction, wisdom, and knowledge from heaven. As they need, all these truckers and everyone that's joining them and the politicians that need to repent, they need, they need wisdom and knowledge from heaven, not from earth. From heaven. Father, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Give them each day their daily bread. Forgive them as they forgive others. Lead them not into temptation, but deliver them from evil. Not as carnal humans define evil, but Father, as you define evil. Deliver them from evil. Set them free from sin. Father, make them see sin as you see it. Move, move, move. Let the Lord arise and let his enemies be scattered. In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. Lord be with you, Psalm 94. I hear it's supposed to be super cold on Saturday as well in, in Ottawa, so I hope everybody's got enough clothes. Bundle up like an Eskimo. And that's the thing too. You see pictures and videos of these people standing at the side of the road and it's super, super cold out there. You know, uh, and uh, they're standing out there for hours 
just to stand for the freedom that they are calling for. One John two twenty six talks about the the trucker's GoFundMe account of five million dollars has been frozen. I I did hear that that's that was uh, I think that was they said that was on Tuesday and on Wednesday. Uh, but the the organizers of of the event say say that that's that's not true. They say it's not true. They say it was it's it's something that was concocted by the news. Apparently, this is something according to the according to the um, the organizers of the event, they said that there's, it's not frozen. Um, they said that it's just, it's nothing but a lie, is what they said. They said uh, it's just something that the uh, that the uh, mainstream media news outlets have concocted to try to turn people away from it, to try to curb the people who are giving. That's that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard for the past. Uh, Couple of days already that uh, it it it's actually um, it's actually not frozen at all. Clutch on YouTube says, "Hey, good evening and very nice guitar playing, awesome. Thank you very much, Clutch. Good good to see you. Welcome." Yeah, Byron says, "I heard there's over over thirty thousand truckers and countless supporters." Yeah. Yeah, they're coming uh, all from all over the place. They're calling from all over the place. I heard there was just like I said in the past. Actually, I think it was two or three days ago. They said fifteen thousand came up from the states alone, and that's not that's not counting all the ones that are in Canada. Clutch says, "So proud of my countrymen. They are." All waking up, it's so amazing. The amount of momentum it's getting is is awesome too. Yes, amen. Again, this is going to, it already has. Uh, I've seen um, news, even news in Germany has, is, is uh, this is news in Germany too, uh, that what's going on in Canada. And uh, apparently all eyes are on what's up, what's going on. And, uh, you know, uh, depending on the outcome, uh, it could be something that's a world, it's a worldwide movement. Yeah, so Cat Cool, Shalom, it's amazing what those truckers in Canada are doing. Yes, uh, Clutch says our crime minister uh, said he was near near someone with with the you know what. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing too. <laughs> that, that's the thing too. I mean, yeah, get this, guys. I mean, so they're just like, what is it? Just a little bit over a day away from gathering at, at, at the Capitol, just a little over a day away. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, prime minister Trudeau is like, Oh, I, I've been exposed to COVID. I, I, uh, I, I've got to go isolate. Check it. It's on his Twitter. Is it, check out his Twitter. It's, it's right on there. I got to go isolate. I got to isolate because uh, I've been exposed. But isn't he like, doesn't, doesn't he have like the triple, you know, hasn't he had not just one, but two or three? He's had, he's had three, you know, medical, 
don't want to say too much here. And truth be told, I wouldn't doubt that the person that he was exposed to probably also was double or triple blank. Fill in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah, Clutch says uh, GoFundMe is holding the funds till a plan is presented. Pray they get that as well. Again, I you know if you go to their their original their um, official page and also their Facebook page and also they have a Zello uh, channel too, like a Zello channel that it's I'm not sure if you guys know what a Zello what Zello is, but it's like um it's like a CB excuse me it's like a CB um, app for the uh, uh, for your cell phone. And on Zello, everywhere from 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 the original or from the from the people who are organizing the whole thing, they say that that's just a lie that was made up by by mainstream media just to thwart people away from it. Uh, they say it's not true at all. They keep on saying that it's not true at all. Um, you'll you'll see lots of videos on it uh, on TikTok on uh, Facebook. Um, uh, all kinds of videos and on the website, you'll see them saying that, that it's, it's, uh, they said, no, it's not true. Just the enemy, according to them, basically it's just the enemy that's just trying to get people to be turned, turned off from giving. Kilroy 676 says, amen, amen. Yeah, one John, if your president would humble yourself, humble himself. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, people need, and I think that this is what I mean. I know this is what God wants. Um, he's he is he's he's long suffering. He's merciful. Uh, you know, our 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 Father in heaven. Um, but there's only so much grace he can extend there's only so much patience he can he can extend clutch says could it be set up to distract again this is what i've heard from multiple sources that it is just nothing but something to set up that would distract people i'm i'm just re i'm just relaying what i've heard like again this different people that i've uh, i've heard that said that it's it's it's, uh, it's it's just a distraction Kilroy six seven six says, "Open their eyes, Father, and remember, folks. Uh, God might move bigly or just in a small way, but in the end, all things happen according to His will." That's what we're praying. We're praying, you know, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amber says, "Amen." Beautiful prayer, Christopher. Thank you very much, Amber. And Psalm ninety four says, "Thank you for your prayers." God bless. God bless you. Give you mighty shalom, peace, and knowledge, wisdom, guidance, and protection. Amen. Looking forward to hear from you when you get back. How it how it uh, how it went. Mark Mark says shalom. Shalom, Mark. How are you? KMJJ says good evening. Shalom. Good, good evening. 
JC over there on TikTok says, Shalom, everyone. Shalom, JC. Good to see you. Going Nowhere says, who were, who were the sons of God mentioned in one of the early chapters in Genesis? They were the angels. I used to believe that, that they were the from the line of Seth, but I've come to know that they are actually, they. it is a term that is used of angels. You'll see that in other parts of the Bible as well, such as the Psalms, you know, the term sons of God. Oh, I'm sorry, the uh, book of Job as well. The sons of God is talking about the sons of God who rejoice, the angels that rejoiced even before the world was, or as the world or before the world was created. Abril says, you have a little lost Mexican praying for your safe trip to Melody of Psalm 94. Awesome. Yeah, we need to keep this in prayer, guys, especially in the next few days. And uh, we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> these truckers are saying, I mean, this is what they're saying. I, I can only tell you what they're saying is uh, they're saying they're not going to leave until the job is done. Whereas the prime minister is saying, I'm not budging. So we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Is there anything wrong with Christians believing in ghosts, Bigfoot, etc.? You know, ghosts. I do believe that ghosts exist. I mean, I'm not saying that everything that people think is a ghost is a ghost, but um, I do believe that there is such a thing as a ghost. Um, as far as the other things, all these other ones, you know. That's kind of neither here nor there when it comes to the spiritual matters. Um, so, is it, so the question is: Is it okay for Christians to believe in karma, or what goes around comes around? Well, the idea of karma is not is actually something that comes from uh, I think it's Hinduism, and that's not that's not Christian, um, and that's not like the word the word karma and that whole thing is not scriptural but it is in a, in a sense if you know what i mean it is i never use the word karma you know it's more of a hindu thing than it is a christian thing i never use the word karma and i know i never think of it that way but the meaning of it i guess wouldn't be the, it, it is the same um as what we read in the scriptures what you sow is what you reap that kind of thing and as we've read so many so many times over and over and over again throughout these extra biblical texts you know such as the legends of the jews and other texts that we've been reading how uh it is um it, the the principle is there the principle in scripture is there so yeah psalm 94 says thank you everyone god bless y'all i'll let you know what happens when i get back amen Amen. Hey, it's possible too. It's possible if you have time while you're there to join us while you're there. Wouldn't that be interesting? Wouldn't that be interesting? And this time you can actually see that I'm drinking water. But trust me, when I have my mugs and the other that other stuff, it is, it's always water. Sometimes I have juice. Sometimes I have juice. Or, yeah. Um, Clutch 
Clutch says, what is a ghost? A spirit that uh, a spirit that went to heaven or hell or more of an imprint in time. I don't think it's just an imprint in time. I think it is a spiritual entity. I think a lot of these so-called ghosts that are that people see are actually. I mean, it's possible. I mean, look at it, even in the um, you know Saul and the witch of Endor brought up Samuel, right? So Samuel's ghost came up. The scriptures don't talk a whole lot about it. We know that the um, the twelve disciples, um, as Jewish as they were in the Jewish culture, in the biblical culture. Uh, you know, when, when Yeshua was walking on the water, they thought it was a ghost. They said, ah, it's a ghost. So if there was no such thing as a ghost, and if there was no such thing as as a, as a ghost according to the biblical culture or the teachings of the Tanakh, then why would they say such a thing? I mean, they are some of the most holy men that ever lived, or else Yeshua wouldn't have chosen them to be to be the part of the 12. So obviously they believed in ghosts. So, yeah, like typically speaking, a, 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 a spirit, when someone passes away, according, especially according to Second Esdras, you know, and also we're talking about uh, Luke chapter 16 as well, uh, the rich man and Lazarus. Um, also, it talks about it in Isaiah as well. Uh, when, when a person passes away, they go to a, a place that... People like people call it paradise or heaven or hell, uh, which is really not the final resting place because the final resting place is 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 uh, uh, where that spirit would go after the great day of judgment. So, apparently, for for one reason or another, for one reason or another, uh, instead of a, a soul going to paradise or going to hell. For one reason or another, a soul is entrapped here on earth, on earth, or at least visits here on earth. A spirit at least visits here on earth. So, um, you know, ultimately, I think that some spirits actually it is kind of like their their uh, their punishment to stay here on earth. Some of them, you know, I've read about people who um, have experience that they say that there was there were spirits that spirits of people who passed away that were for example they were alcoholics and they would these spirits would would go to like they would hang out in bars and clubs and whatever like that kind of thing these spirits and they were in in these spirits would even keep on they would they would try to to grab the bottle they would try to get a hold of the bottle but they couldn't because it's a spirit right the spirit they're trying to get they're trying to have a drink. It, that spirit of alcoholism, that 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 grip of alcoholism was still on them after they died. And they're they're trying to get it, but they couldn't get it. And that was part of their punishment. Or people, uh, I've even read about people who were smokers and they died, and their their spirit tried to light up cigarettes still after they were dead. And part of their punishment was it was like an eternal nick fit. It was like an eternal nick fit. They they couldn't get out. They couldn't get. They couldn't get the. Um, they couldn't get their smoke. Um, so you know, God is big, and the ways of God are, you know, beyond human understanding. 
I think it's very easy for us to try to put them in a box and put all our all of our little doctrine in a box. But you know what? We need to kind of we need to come to the table with an open mind, but not an empty mind. An open mind, um, and and consider that you know God is God. He can He can do whatever He wants to do. And uh, some of these things, very very interesting. Um, when it comes to spirits and ghosts and such. Appropriate says, as you, as you sow, so, so shall you reap. Amen. Byron says, I've had many experiences with ghosts slash demons growing up. Yeah, it is possible too. You gotta have, you gotta be careful. It is possible for a, a, a demon or an evil spirit to masquerade as a ghost of somebody else. I mean, it, some of these things, uh, it's possible. Going nowhere says, I was thinking you were drinking coffee. No, actually, I do not remember the last time I had a coffee. It was it was a long time ago. Probably decades. Hot chocolate is okay to drink. Just too much sugar, I suppose. Every once in a while, like very rarely, but yeah, I I have had a hot chocolate. I think I've had at least one so far this during this winter. Clutch says, do you believe that there are pe people slash spirits in Abraham's bosom now? Oh, yeah, definitely. Again, this is this is a fig figure of speech, not literally Abraham's bosom, but rather um, in paradise, more or less. Abrail says they go to Sheol, right? Yes. Yeah. There's many different definitions when it comes to shale. What I would suggest, if if you you know if any of you are very interested in that topic, um, go back to our uh, live streams, the replays of Second Esdras, because Second Esdras goes right into all that detail, and we talk about it as well in those videos. Uh, going nowhere. Do you think people can still get possessed today? Absolutely. I think there are there are a lot of people who are possessed. They don't know it. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm not sure if you heard this before going nowhere, but uh, uh, one of the things that really shocked me way back in the day, this was like back in 1995. This was back in 1995. I, I went to this church where from time to time, there would be people who manifested demons and uh, people that were, you know, I guess you would call it exorcisms were 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 done um and i used to volunteer at a christian bookstore used this christian bookstore was actually part of the church in the church building like you know you went to church like the church building basically you walked in the front door you like said the over to the right hand the right hand side like the right corner of the church so to speak the building was a christian bookstore and then you walk a little bit further in as a christian bookstore you had um, like the washrooms and such as well in that area and then you walk a little bit further on further ahead further forward and then you would get into the sanctuary 
But I was at the Christian bookstore. And a lot of times um, there would there would be this younger gentleman who would come and talk to me a lot. And he's he seemed to be a very nice guy, a very nice guy, very very soft, very. Uh, he seemed to be soft. He seemed to be. I guess people would say he's he was humble. Um, however. I remember this one time. He seemed to be late, like a real nice guy. But I remember this one time. It was after church. All of a sudden, you'd hear this screaming, and and I went up. It was in the opposite corner of the sanctuary, and I thought, "What's going on?" Right? And I've heard I heard a lot of stuff, a lot of stories of people getting evil spirits cast out of them in this church. Um, anyway, so I went up. I went up to. I went to see what was going on. And it was like there was like all these guys trying to hold down somebody. This guy, this one, and they were saying, "Come out of him, you, you know, calling, casting the evil spirit out of this guy." And I'm thinking, "Who is it? Who is it? it? All of these big men on top of this one guy trying to hold him down." And here was this this little, this guy wasn't a big guy. It was just this little, little guy that I'm that I met when I was talking about this, he seemed to be so soft and so nice and so quote unquote humble. And he seemed to be just like, if you guys met him, like most of you guys would be like, wow, this is a really, this is a really nice guy. It's a nice guy, but he had evil spirits. That's for sure. I'm telling you, he did. <laughs> he did. And that's what really shocked me. It's like, wow. You'd think that someone who's possessed would be kind of a little bit extra crazy. But this guy didn't seem to be extra crazy at all. He seemed to be a normal guy. And he just started manifesting these demons after the uh, after the service. Now, I've I've had other experiences as well of people. I remember this was one service. It's an amazing service. I'm telling you, I was at this service and it was just an amazing, an amazing presence and power of God at this one service. It was actually at that same church, actually. It's just a thick I was like a thick cloud of of God's presence in the in that church, and people just just started just. Uh, it was amazing. It was just amazing. the 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 guy who was speaking it was a it was um a guest speaker, and the guy who was speaking, all of a sudden started getting these extraordinary words of knowledge, wisdom, like knowledge that was just extraordinary. He started calling out people and say, and calling out their sins. <laughs> and that's when you know it's real. That's when you know it's real. He started calling out and, he, and he, you know, he, he, all of a sudden he pointed to another person in the, in the congregation. He said, Hey, Dan, come here, come here, Dan. And this guy comes forward. He goes, what? How do you know? How do you know my name? And he, you know, it's just amazing. It was just absolutely awesome. The presence of God was just super, super, super thick in that meeting. I'll never forget it. And there was this lady behind me, sitting right behind me, directly behind me. And she started screaming. She definitely had evil spirits. Definitely. She was screaming, just blood-curdling screams. And she started crawling under the, crawling under the seats. As she's screaming, like crawling like a, I don't know, a serpent or something. And again, another lady where you never think that this would be the case. I never thought nothing of it before the service. Uh, I mean, you know, you these are type the type of people that it's not like the type of people you see in the in the movie The Exorcist, right? It's not like it's like 
I I truly believe, and I've seen a lot of videos as well. And you, I mean, if you do a search for it, you can see a lot of videos as well where people are actually, you know, really possessed. Absolutely, absolutely, people can be possessed today. And the way they get possessed, and this is the bottom line as well, the way they get possessed. I mean, not just any, you can't just get, it's not like just anybody can get possessed. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. It's not like, oh, you better be afraid or else some evil spirit will come upon you or jump inside of you. Excuse me, that's not how it works. You have to give the enemy legal ground. You have to give these evil spirits legal ground. You have to give them, quote unquote, rights to come inside of you or to be to oppress you, to... to <laughs> To possess you, <laughs> to oppress you, um, you have to give them rights, and and the way you do that is by disobeying, transgressing the law of God. Period. When you transgress one of the laws of God, you are opening the door. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who transgresses the law of God is possessed, but I am saying you open the door for it. Okay. You, you're more or less an open house. You're more or less an open house. If you are doing something in defiance, in transgression of the law of God, God can do the same thing to you as what he did to Job. He can say, hey, Satan, come here for a minute. Have you considered this person? There you go. They, God is, see, God is judge. God is judge. So as judge, he has to be just. And if you do things that are unlawful, if you, if you practice iniquity, anomia, anomian, if you are a worker of lawlessness, meaning that you, you transgress, you violate the law of God, you basically give legal right to the enemy over your life. And God, as a just judge, he has to rule that the devil or some evil spirit or whatever it is will have that, you know, have a part of you. Just like how it happened in the book of Job. Never forget, the devil hates the Torah. The greatest tool over the devil is the Torah, especially obedience to the Torah. Remember, when the devil came to tempt Jesus, he did not use the letters of Paul. He did not use even the book of Esther. Okay, He did not use you know, uh, whatever. He didn't, he didn't use the book of, he used the Torah, meaning he used the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Moses every single time against, against the devil without fail. Why did he do that? Did he, was, was it just a draw? Did he like just put, you know, put a few scriptures in a hat and just kind of pulled, hey, I guess I'll use the Deuteronomy right now. You know, of all the scriptures in the Bible, I think I'll just use Deuteronomy against the devil. You think that's the way it was? You think it was just random picks? 
No, Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that it was the book of Deuteronomy in, in, in specific, especially the book of Deuteronomy, but in in a nutshell, he knew that it was the Torah, the law of God, that you are to use to overcome the devil. Now, if the Torah overcomes the devil, the reverse is true. Breaking the Torah welcomes the devil. Breaking the Torah, well, if, if obeying the Torah and speaking the Torah repels the devil, as we see it did, in the life of, in the practice of Jesus, in the temptation of Jesus, then the opposite is true. If you do not speak the law of God, if you do not practice the law of God, you are like a vacuum. You are a vacuum that will draw these evil spirits or the devil. And that's how it works. That's how it works. That's how people get possessed. If you if you if you listen to some of these videos, like you got some of these old uh this is a, a Protestant exorcist, okay? Bob Larson, for example. He's a, he's, a, he's a Protestant exorcist. Now, I wouldn't say that he himself even is a, like a fully Torah-observing man, so don't get me wrong, but he at least knows some of the principles. If you watch some of his videos, okay, this is Bob Larson, okay? When people come to him to get evil spirits cast out of them, and believe me, if you see the videos... Yeah, people have evil spirits in them, for sure. Absolutely. The first thing he tries to do is tries to figure out how did that evil spirit get in there in the first place? What, what commandment did they break? What, where's the open door there? Where's the open door? How did that spirit get there in the first place? If you watch his videos, you see that. He deals with that first. First, he deals with how did the spirit get in there? Well, I was, I, you know, I was, uh, um, you know, I was a, an occultist, right? I did all these occult things and I practiced Ouija board every day. Well, if you're welcoming it, that's, I mean, that's how it got in there. I mean, that's one of probably a thousand different ways that, a, that, a, that an evil spirit can get into somebody. But that's just one example. So, you know, if you've, dabbled in the Ouija board or you use the Ouija board a lot, you need to repent of it. And if you have one, get rid of it. Destroy it. Get rid of it. That's repentance. Getting rid of it, destroying it, never doing it again, that's repentance. Then you can say, then you can pray, you know, Father, forgive me. And I, and I cancel all ground that has been gained by the enemy by my practice of, of dabbling in this. First is repentance, asking God to forgive you, and canceling the legal ground that was that that you have unknowingly signed over to the devil. That's how it works. That's how it works. All right, so let's see what we got here on YouTube. Byron says drug addicts get possessed easily, especially meth addicts, because they lack sleep. I've seen it many times. See, I mean, there's a witness right there. Byron is a witness. And 
that happens again. It, it's a, it's it's a violation of the Torah, right? The Torah says not to not to practice these kinds of. In the Torah, it, call, it calls it sorcery. It's like pharmakia. It's the it's the drugs. That's one commandment that they break. And then another commandment is they that drug becomes like a god to them. It becomes an idol to them that they worship, that they serve. They'll do anything for it. So that is another commandment that they break. So any anything that that causes people to get possessed, you say, oh yeah, oh yeah, I see, I see. They're breaking a commandment there, and they're breaking maybe not just one, maybe multiple commandments they're breaking. And that's the case with uh, with uh, recreational drug users for sure. Psalm 94 says, I saw a video of a contortionist. I think it's very demonic, is it? I don't know a whole lot about that. Um, you know, it's it's hard for me to say. Uh, it certainly sounds, definitely doesn't sound good. If people who are doing unnatural, it sounds pretty unnatural to me. And, it, you know, in that case, you know, it definitely isn't good. Clutch says like a contract, terms and conditions. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. It's like a contract. So, you know, you do something. This is why people get diseases too, right? They they break the law of God in their in their unhealthy lifestyle or unhealthy practices. And that welcomes that kind of disease and affliction. You know, so like science would tell you if you do this, you'll get you might get this, you know, if you do this. You know, like the majority of people who do this will get this disease and the majority of people who do that will get this disease. Well, yeah, science would tell you that, but, and that's true. That's proven by science, but deep, deeper, you know, deeper under the surface, there's the spiritual realm. It's like, so the, the, the disease comes because of breaking the law of God in that sense. And that's what welcomes the disease. And again, you read Deuteronomy chapter 28 from verse, was it 14, 15, right on through to the end of the chapter, talking about the curses that comes upon those who disobey the law. And so it's all there. It's all there. Abreu, can you inherit that oppression too? Meaning if one of your grandparents was a necromancer or come from the line of divination. Um, so it seems so. It seems so. I've known of people. I know of people very well who have had even unknown. This is something that you know to pray about as well. Like, Lord, show me. Is there any what is there any unknown sins of my ancestors? And I know this sounds weird, but you know, it's really not weird because you see in the scriptures, in the book of Daniel, for example, Daniel confessed not just his sin, but also the sins of his ancestors. OK, so that's something I mean, that's a really good point as well, Abril. Like if those sins are still not dealt with that your ancestors committed, it may be a good thing to ask God to show you if, you know, whatever sins that your ancestors committed that you can confess and you confess them before the before the Lord, you can you confess them before God. Like, of course, you can't really do anything about it now because, I mean, you're 
you know, it's already done long gone. And probably the, the, these ancestors are, uh, at least many of them would be already long gone. But these sins could still have an effect over, over people. As they, they call it in some circles, they call it generational curses. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's definitely something that can be transferred. And you got to, if, if that's the case, um, you got to confess it. You got to ask God uh, for cleansing. Uh, and in some cases, some, some things that are inherited can be, like some people can inherit different diseases and such as well, right? Like um, genetic thing. Um, if that's the case, now I have, you need to talk to your doctor about this yourself, but I remember talking to my family doctor. This was like, I don't know, 10 years ago? Maybe not quite 10 years ago, almost, when, when I was at my doctor, my family doctor, and talking to him about, you know, a, a certain medical condition and, uh, you know, talking about my, my ancestors as well, having, having like, you know, certain things you can have, like, you know, common things, you know, and, and I, you know, I was saying, I was just joking around with my doctor and my doctor said, no, I said to my doctor, I said, ah, oh, you know what, maybe I, I'll just change my genes. I, I, I expected him to laugh. But he didn't laugh. He turned to me and he said, he said, you can't do that, you know. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He said, you know, everybody in my family, he said, he said, everybody in my family, in my, my, all my siblings, my parents, all the way up, they all have like severe high blood pressure, like all high blood pressure. He said, but I don't. He said, I don't. You know, you eat properly. You, you know, you do these things. Um, there's a way to reverse it. So yeah, there's different ways of reversing things that can be inherited um, spiritually and also on the physical realm. Yes, Abraham says, uh, if you're ignorant of the law of the Torah, you have no way to break that stronghold. Yes, that's the thing. The Torah is a universal law. And again, when I say Torah, I'm talking about the law of God. Specific, I mean, it extends everything from the entire Tanakh. Actually, the all, all the entire, everything that is truly, true, holy scriptures, okay? Um but you, you see it especially in books like Leviticus and Deuteronomy and such, the law of God. Although we have Yeshua talking about the Psalms being, quote-unquote, the law, as he quoted the Psalms, and he says, it is written in your law. Um, so the, the Torah, or the law of God, is universal. It applies to people whether, and I know my Jewish, a lot of Jewish people will not agree, will not agree with this, but... I clearly see it. It's I see it to be 100%, 1,000% true, okay? It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It doesn't matter whether you know it or not. It still applies. It still applies. 
again, you think about such like if you live an un- unhealthy life in 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 violation to the law of God, you can you probably get a disease because of it. Doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether you know it or not. It's just just one of those laws. It's a universal law. It has nothing to do with whether you believe it or not or know it. Clutch says, I feel drawn to Torah. Yes. That's great. Awesome. Clutch says, I have very little knowledge of it. And you know what, Clutch? You are light years ahead of many other Christians. How do I know? Because you're here. Not only are you here, but you 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 actually say something like this. If every Christian would say this, they they would be light years ahead. Just saying that shows that you are ahead of <laughs> you, you. You're probably a lot more ahead than you think you are, Clutch. Um, just realizing that you that you have a lot to learn. That's a big. That's a big thing right there. Mark says, what do you think about what do you think of preachers like Daniel Adams? He's got a channel, a channel called the Supernatural Life. He claims to cast out demons and give people the gift of tongues. They fall on the ground chanting. Okay. Um, I do not know Daniel Adams at all. I, I have no clue. I don't know who I don't know who he is. Okay. So I cannot speak to him specifically. However, I can speak to pe- to people. I can I can speak to that on a general level. So yeah, people, the gifts of the Spirit still are, are still in operation today. They never did cease. I'm not a cessationist. I don't, I don't believe in cessationism. The gifts of the Spirit are there for God's people to be edified, to be built up, it's, it, it, to be blessed. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's a channel of blessing. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are. When Jesus performed miracles, he didn't perform miracles just to canonize the Bible. He didn't even think of that. I don't, he didn't, that wasn't even on his mind. Some Christians believe that's what it is. Well, the, 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 the miracles of the Bible are only there to substantiate the Bible. And after the, after the Bible is closed, the miracles are done away with too. I really don't understand how any, anybody can think like, like that. Why? Because the miracles of God are done by the mercy of God. God does his, God does, God performs miracles because of his mercy, because of his compassion, because of his love, because he can do it. He can do miracles. And he does it because of his love, because of his compassion. That's why. He never see he, he never lost the ability to do miracles and he never lost his compassion and he never lost his mercy. So it's just very, very, you know, it's simple. He's it still happens. So yes, people, you can. Mark, you can, you can cast out demons. You can you, you can flow in the gifts of the spirit. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. And we need to be very, very careful speaking against people who flow, who operate like this because if you speak against the Holy Spirit 
and you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, that's a serious thing. If these people actually do operate by the Holy Spirit, and I tell you, I, I believe many of them do. Does that mean everything they believe is true? No. Does that mean they are prophets? No. Does that mean they're going to heaven? No. Does that mean they're saved? No. doesn't mean any of that. Because a gift of the Spirit is just a gift. This may sound strange, but God can give a dog the ability to perform a miracle. God gave a donkey the ability to, to supernaturally speak. We read about that in the Tanakh. When, when the donkey spoke to Balaam, boom, all of a sudden the donkey could speak like a human being. Wow. God can do whatever. He, he can use whomever he wants to use, whatever he wants to use, wherever. As Jesus said, he can he can raise he, he can cause the stones to to call out to him. He can call he can cause the stones to praise him and to, and to he can cause the stones to speak. So just because someone is a prophet does not mean much in, in regards to their spirituality. I, I'll tell you, I have seen people as carnal as you can ever imagine. People that you think that they're... Actually, honestly, I have seen unbelievers. People that are not saved. They're unbelievers. I have seen God move through them mightily. It's true. So whoever it is, Daniel Adams, again, I don't know him, so I can't speak specifically about him, but it doesn't matter. Whoever it is, whether it's Daniel Adams or <laughs> Joe Blow, <laughs> Joe Schmo, doesn't matter, whoever it is, they, they can flow in the gifts. They can operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and that's wonderful, that's awesome, and we need to respect that. That doesn't mean that they're right. That doesn't mean that what they teach is right. That doesn't mean that they are, that, that they are saved. How can I say that? Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. Jesus said many people will operate by the gifts of the Spirit. He didn't put it in those words, but he, he's, many people will prophesy in my name, cast out demons in my name, do many mighty works in my name. What else is he talking about? He's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He's talking about working miracles. Many mighty works in my name. But he says on the day of judgment, he's going to turn to these people and say, depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Okay. So he rejected these people in spite of the fact that he used these people to cast out demons, to heal people, to pro even to speak through. It's like Jesus, Yeshua, or even, you know, like Yeshua used somebody to speak through them to somebody else, but yet that person that he used was a worker of iniquity and they're going to be rejected at the end of the day or at the end of the at the end of the day so to speak that's what i think about it mark very good question and by the way a lot of people are deceived like that too like oh you know look at so and so they they operate look at look at what look at the miracles they do well again you know praise god if those miracles are legit which some of them are praise god Praise God. I'd still be concerned about their soul. Uh, are you really saved? Have you really repented? Do you really know God? 
even though God speaks through you, doesn't really doesn't even know you. It doesn't prove that you even know Him. It just means that you that God used you like a donkey. Now we know where the uh, question is here. Do you think that it's bad or sinful to watch something very violent? Yeah, it's, you know, as peace-loving people, watching things that are violent is not something that really is joyful. Um, it's not something that a person would enjoy. Seek the seek truth in Christ, quote, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith, unquote. This is Romans 3.30. The question is, can you touch on this verse? Yeah. So this is talking about Jews versus Gentiles. Basically, Paul said here, the Jews and the Gentiles are saved in the same manner, which I to that I would say amen. They always have been, they always will be. doesn't matter whether you're in the book of Genesis or whether you're in the book of Revelation, it's the same gospel, the same Lord, the same word, the same law, the same everything. The same Father, the same baptism. And never forget, too, the so-called Old Testament, the so-called age of the law. It's all total nonsense, by the way, but I'm just I'm just kind of I'm just kind of rubbing it in a little bit, a little bit. So but in the so-called age of the law. It says, the just shall live by faith. And all the Christians know that that's talking about salvation. So in the age, how some people believe, again, I don't believe in dispensationalism. I think it's all, it's total nonsense. It's not scriptural at all. But in an age when the Torah is in effect, and I think it's, everybody would agree, Jews, Christians, everybody would agree that the Torah was in effect in that day and day and age. Whether you believe in dispensationalism or not, the Torah was in effect. Yet, it, when the Torah was in effect, it says the just shall live by faith. It's the same so-called age that also says that if you obey the Torah, you will live. Exodus chapter, Ezekiel chapter 18, Ezekiel chapter 33. Deuteronomy chapter six, if you obey, if you if you obey the commandments of God, that will be righteousness to you. That will be our righteousness. That verse, uh, Romans 3:30, uh, basically saying what I've been saying all along is it's the same gospel, the same God, the same word, the same way of getting the same way of salvation. Whether you're Abraham, Moses, David, Yeshua, don't matter where you are on the timeline, it's the same. And again, the word faith there, amuna in the in the Hebrew, okay, you know, it's pistis in the Greek, but amuna in the Hebrew is talking about not just a head knowledge, it's talking about an actual lifestyle, it's talking about faithfulness. 
It's talking about continuance with God. It's talking about walking with God. That's what that means. The just shall live by faith. Literally means the just shall live by faithfulness to, to God. How, how are you faithful to God? Again, by obeying his commands. That's how you're faithful. You stay steadfast on that path. That's how you're faithful. That's how the just shall live by faith. And that's how, whether you are a Jew or a Gentile, you are justified through faith. Yeah, the the, ne the very next verse, uh, Romans 3.31. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, we establish the law. <laughs> yes, that's a little, that's a ray of light that shines through there, isn't it? Vinny says, see you guys uh, tomorrow. Got to go shopping. God bless y'all. All right. See you later, Vinny. Good to, good to have you as always. Blessings multiplied to you, brother. Glenn says, familiar spirits here on TikTok. Yes, there are such a thing as familiar spirits. This is a, a lot of Christian leaders today do not know about this stuff. They need to know. Pastors, priests, they need to know how this stuff works. You know what? Instead of you know, these Bible schools, you know, Bible seminaries, instead of them just being going, you know, some kind of a, you know, just like a school where people go and learn theology, what they should do with these potential future pastors or future priests, what they should do is they should take them into the dark places. They should take them into the places where they, they should take them to the, rituals and the in the the practices they should see the practices of witches and necromancers and satan worshipers they should take them there they really should because they know how can you how can you be a leader in this world a spiritual leader in this world without knowing about any of that stuff without knowing how that stuff works Mark says, can you do an episode on how to cast out demons? Cast, excuse me, cast demons out sometime. I'm pretty sure I've got a few. Sure, sure I can do that. The Tower Time. Uh, shalom, brothers and sisters. Bless y'all. Shalom, the Tower Time. God bless you. Good to see you. Going nowhere says, I think God would use could use someone, have a purpose for someone, and they could still be on their way to hell. Agree or disagree? Yeah. You know what? God uses I'm I'm I would go so far as to say God uses everybody. Not to say that every of course I mean, very, very, very few people actually do the will of God and actually obey Him, and are actually righteous and will make it, on, you know, in the last day. Uh, but in the same time, it doesn't matter. Like it says in the scriptures, uh, where is it in uh, Job? When you sin, you don't really, 
you, you just hurt your, yourself, you know, you just hurt yourself. And whatever the outcome is at the end, God, God has the last word. He gets the last word no matter what. And so he wins no matter what. Uh, so, yeah. Pamela says God used some of the kings for his purpose. Yes, he did. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's get into Exodus chapter 8. We, we uh, talked about Exodus. We read Exodus chapter 7 last time. Uh, when Moses came before Pharaoh with the rod, turned into a snake, um, when turned back into a rod, so to speak, and then uh, the first plague, the plague of, of blood, uh, spoken of in Exodus chapter 7. So we are going to go through the plagues here from Exodus chapter 8 and going forward. So this is Exodus chapter 8, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Right. Uh, let me just stop here for a second, because freedom is not really freedom without freedom to serve God. Freedom to sin is actually in slavery. When you when you when you are free to sin, when you are when you are sinning, as Jesus said himself in John chapter eight. Paul actually said this as well. You sin, you're a slave to sin. You know what? That's not freedom. Freedom is when you, you obey God. Freedom is when you serve Him, worship Him. Let my people go that they may serve me. Not that they can do whatever they want, but that they, that they may serve me. But, verse 2, but if you, if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all your territory with frogs. So the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your house, into your bedroom, on your bed, into the houses of your servants, on your people, into your ovens, into your kneading bowls. And the frogs shall come upon you on your people and all your servants. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams, over the rivers, over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. Now in the footnote here, it says with their secret arts, secret arts. Verse eight, then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people. And I will let the people go that they may sacrifice to the Lord. Well, it's very much like a Pharaoh's talking like a politician here, right? Making promises, right? Making, making promises here. And notice that Pharaoh knew. He didn't doubt. He knew that the God of Moses was doing this. That's why he asked him, entreat or pray, right? Which uh, here in the footnote in Exodus chapter 8, verses eight, verse 8, means pray to or make supplication to. In other words, to, in, in today's language, ask. Ask the Lord. 
that he may take away the frogs from me and my people, and I will let the people go that they may sacrifice to the Lord. Yep, typical typical promise from a, from a politician here. Yeah, so verse 9, And Moses said to Pharaoh, Accept the honor of, of saying, When I shall intercede for you, for your servants and for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your houses, that they may remain in the river only. So he said, Tomorrow. And he said, Let it be according to your word, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. And the frogs shall depart from you, from your houses, from your servants, and from your people. They shall remain in the river only. Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried out to the Lord concerning the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. So the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses, out of the courtyards, and out of the fields. They gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. And when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed heed them as the Lord had said. Just to interject here again, you know, this is a, we see this, the very same thing happening with people today. They, they don't listen to God. They don't, they don't really take the, the, the word of God seriously. Then when hardship comes, it's like, oh, pray for me. And then when it gets good again, after the prayers are answered, it's like, uh, back to the old hard-hearted ways. That's exactly what happened to Pharaoh here. Pharaoh's not much different than a lot of people today. Exodus chapter 8, verse 16. So the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it may become lice throughout all the land. Lice, or in the footnote, gnats, gnats, throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so. For, uh, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became, it became lice on man and beast. All the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. Okay, this is very, very interesting. They could reproduce, they could... They could mimic or clone the rod becoming a serpent, right? They can they can mimic the blood, right? And also the plague of frogs. They could do that. But they couldn't do this. Excuse me. They couldn't do this. They could not turn dust into lice or gnats. Here's a question for you guys. And this is something I want you to think about a little bit. Do you think that... The reason why they could not duplicate, they could not replicate this particular plague because they did not have the power 
to take something that was inanimate, to, to take something that has no life and give it life? Could it be that the magicians, the sorcerers of Egypt, they could not replicate this particular plague, and from here on, from here on in, they couldn't reproduce it. Only three of the uh, of the ten, or at least two of the ten, because you get the blood in the in the in the frogs, but the the rod is not really considered to be a plague. But they could not do that. Would it be too much to say that the devil cannot give life? Only God can give life. Only God can take dust or a, whatever, a particle of dust and turn it into a a bug, a bug, being a gnat or, you know, a louse. The devil doesn't have power to create life. Now that makes me wonder because, you see, there are people... Now I have always believed and to this day I, i've always understood that a virus is alive because you can kill it <laughs> it's a simple thing it's as simple as that uh, it's alive it reproduces you can kill it and i know science i know there are science you know there are um arguments scientific arguments well it doesn't have a cell therefore it's not technically alive but you know what I'll tell you something. Scientists do not even know what life is. Seriously. I have, I, uh, 20 some odd years ago, 25 years ago, I spoke to one of the leading doctors of the nation when it comes to, uh, I had I had a very, interesting conversation with one of these doctors. And I asked the doctor, where do you draw the line between life and death? And he couldn't answer me. I said, well, if the heart is stopped, does that mean it's death? He said, no, because some, many times, well, sometimes he said, the heart can be still beating, but it's undetectable. So I said, well, where do you draw the line between life and death? Scientifically, scientific, give me some scientific formula here, explanation, where, what's the difference here between life and death? And he could not tell me. He, I mean, everybody knows the difference between life and death, generally speaking, but when, I, when, you, when you ask them, okay, give me a clear point of distinction here. Draw the line, and he couldn't. I said all that to say this. I don't trust, as much as scientists know today about what life is, and what isn't life, and what is life, I don't think they know everything. And I, and I think that they still don't really know where to draw the line between what is live and what isn't.
Can a scientist force mutations? Probably. More than likely they can. Can they change genetical makeup like this? Yeah. But can they actually make it alive? Can they actually produce life? Can they actually create it from scratch? I don't believe so. They can, they can take what's already there and manipulate it, but, but creating it from scratch, I don't think so, especially if it's alive. And here we see that the devil could not reproduce this miracle. I call it a miracle. It is a miracle, but it's a plague. The, de the devil could not reproduce this sign and wonder, this plague. He could not take something that was not alive and make it alive. He could not take something, he could not breathe life into something that does not have life. We all know God can. Just food for thought. Verse 17, this is Exodus chapter 8, verse 17. And they did so. For Aaron stretched out his hand with his, with his rod and struck the dust of the earth, and it became lice on man and beast. And all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there, was, there were lice on man and beast. Then the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. How did they know? The difference, how did they know? Say, oh, oh, so how did they know where to draw the line? They knew where to draw the line because it's like, okay, we can't give life to inanimate objects, to dust. There's only one that can do that. It's God. This is how we know that this is the finger of God. But Pharaoh, Pharaoh's heart grew hard and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had said. Verse 20. And the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water. Then say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Again, there is a purpose there. Not just for free to just do whatever you want, but rather free for ser to serve God. To obey God. And that's a very, very important point, that they may serve me. Some countries of the world today are not that free that you can serve God, how God instructs you to serve him. So God says, let my people go that they may serve me. Or else, if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants on your people, and into your houses. Notice, it's kind of like it's building, right? You got the, the little gnats first, and then now is the flies. Starting, starting small and getting bigger. Gnats first, then flies. The houses, this is verse 21, the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms and flies, and also the ground on which they stand. And in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, in order that they that you may know that I am the Lord in your midst or in the in the midst of the land, and I will make a difference between my people and your people tomorrow 
this sign shall be. Verse 24. And the Lord did so. Thick swarms of flies came into the house of Pharaoh, into his servants' houses, into all the land of Egypt, and the land was corrupted because of the swarms of flies. Okay, notice here we got, see where it says of flies? This is in italics. Uh, same with this, in, of flies in italics. Everywhere it says of flies um, is in italics. Usually when words are in italics, in Bible translations, it is signifying to you that it is not in the original manuscripts. So literally, what it says, it literally, in the Hebrew is swarms, simply swarms. So whatever it was, swarms of, I, I guess the translators just kind of ascertained that it was flies, but it could have been something else. Verse 25, then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, go, sacrifice to, the, to, to your God in the land, right? So now he's trying to negotiate. He's trying to meet halfway. You want to go out in, in, in sacrifice to your God in the wilderness? You want to go out of Egypt? No, I don't want you to go out of Egypt. Just serve, just serve your God here in this land. So he's giving them 50% of what they're asking for. Or maybe I should say demanding. Verse 26, and Moses said, it is not right to do so, for we would be sacrificing the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. So, yeah, so here's the thing. They're, they'd be sacrificing, you know, lambs and goats and such, and, th and that will be an abomination to the Egyptians. That's because they say that Egyptians, these animals, worshipped these things. So the Egyptians worship these things. <laughs> that's another reason why Pharaoh probably hardened his heart, right? It's like, hey, hold on a minute. You're going to sacrifice our gods to your God in the wilderness? Nah, sorry about that. Nope, ain't happening. At least that's what he thought. And then finally, after he's, pre he's, he's pressured so much, finally he's like, okay. You can you can do your sacrifice, but only here. In Egypt. I'm not letting you guys go. Just in Egypt. Uh, I'm giving you just part of your demand. Giving you part of it. Be, and then, so Moses' objection was, no, we can't sacrifice, you know, these animals here because you guys worship these animals. It would be an abomination for you guys for us to do that here. That wouldn't work. That's not a good idea, Pharaoh. That would not work. If we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, then will they not stone us? Yeah, they'll be so angry. They'll be so angry. In the footnote here, it says, you know, put us to death by stoning. We will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he will command us. So again, Moses is stay, you know, standing firm, standing firm. Exodus chapter 8, verse 28. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go, that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far away. Intercede for me. <laughs> so he's giving them a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more here. Verse 29. Then Moses said, indeed, I'm 
I am going out from you. I will entreat the Lord. I will entreat the Lord that the swarms of flies may depart tomorrow from me, from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. But let Pharaoh not deal deceitfully anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses. He removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. Not one remained. But Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. So again, here it is again. When the tough time hits, oh, pray for me, pray for me. When you get what you ask for from God, then you walk away from God again. It's like, okay, hard heart again. I'm not taking the law. I'm not taking the law of God. I'm not taking the, the word of God. I'm not taking the, the, the Holy Scriptures that serious anymore. I, I'm having it too easy now. It's too, I'm, I'm comfortable. Exodus chapter 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh and tell him, thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let him go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen, on the sheep, a very severe pestilence. And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. Then the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing on the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But, but of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Then Pharaoh sent, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh became hard, and he did not let the people go. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take for yourselves handful, handfuls of ashes from a furnace, and let Moses scatter it towards the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh, and it will become fine dust, in all the land of Egypt, and it will cause boils that, that break out in sores on man and beast throughout the land, throughout all the land of Egypt. And they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward heaven, and they caused boils that break out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians and on the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Verse 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For at this time I will send my plagues to your very heart and on your servants and on your people that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Now, if I had out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, then you would be cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up. But indeed, excuse me, but indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up, that I may show you, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Now, i got to stop here for a second because 
This is very, very powerful. Now, in Romans chapter 9, Paul quotes that. Paul quotes that. And, you know, Paul, like Onia said the, the other night, and it's true, Paul is very much uh, a predestination kind of guy. Paul quoted that in the, in, in the whole idea, and you'll, you can read it in Romans chapter 9. I actually have a whole video on it uh, in back in the... Back in the archive, so to speak, on YouTube. Um, when Paul quoted that, his 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 point was this: God does whatever He wants to do with whomever He wants to do it. God is God. He will have mercy on whom He wants to have mercy, and He will harden the hearts of anybody that He wants to harden the hearts of. And he said that Pharaoh, it's very, very clear right here in Exodus, earlier, just earlier here in the book of Exodus, we read it there the other night. It's very clear. God said that he hardened Pharaoh's heart. It's not like God sitting there up on the throne going, oh no, Pharaoh hardened his heart again. What should I do? I want him to, you know, I don't want him to harden his heart. I want him to let my people go. No, that's not what happened. That's not what it teaches. It's very clear. It's God who hardened Pharaoh's heart. And in this particular verse, Exodus chapter 9, verse 16, God said, it, it's for this purpose I, I have raised you up, Pharaoh. I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth through you. Now remember, Pharaoh was an object of God's wrath. I sometimes think about this, where you know, get a lot of Christians praying, "Well, God use me." Oh, I just pray the Lord would use me. The Lord, <laughs> yeah. you might want to be a little bit more specific than that, you know, because God can use you like you use Pharaoh. You might want to be a little bit more specific. God hardens whom He wants to harden. It's it's almost like God is God said to Pharaoh. I have raised you up, Pharaoh, just so that I can destroy you. Just. And this is what Paul said in Romans chapter 9, that God raises some people up. Some people are made just to be destroyed. It's almost like, think. I mean, I know a lot of people might have a hard time with this, but this is what the scriptures tell us. Read it here. Read it in Exodus. Read it in, in Romans chapter 9. And... The, the passages that Paul references in, in Romans chapter 9. Read it. Read it for yourself if you have a problem with what I'm saying. It's almost like fireworks. Today, you know, they, they you know, manufacture fireworks. Why? Just to light them up. Just to watch them burn. Just to, quote unquote, destroy them. Fireworks are made to be burned. And that's kind of like how God was with Pharaoh. It's like, Pharaoh, I'm going to light you up just so I can watch you burn. I manufactured you. 
I hardened your heart. I raised you up just so that I may show my, my power in you and that my, my name may be declared in all the earth. I raised you up just so I could throw you down. I, I created you just like, a, just like one of the best fireworks in the world, just so that I can plant you in the ground and light you up and stand back and watch you burn. Now, more or less, that's what, that's what it says here. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 9. God does, and let me just, this, what I'm saying right now can bring great freedom to people. And I, I'm speaking from experience. Back in the early 90s, mid-90s, 1992, 1993, 1994, 1995 especially, you know, I got saved. And I was just, like, just wholeheartedly just wanted to get everybody saved. I bought a whole box of books, a whole case of uh, Bibles. I mean, I bought a whole case of little New Testament Bibles to hand out to people. You know, I had thousands of tracts. I had hundred, over a thousand different other documents and you know, all kinds of different things. I used to hand out to people, just to talk to people, approach people on the street, approach people in the malls, approach people in the stores, approach people, at, you know, at work, everywhere, at school, everywhere, going to people and saying, hey, excuse me, I got a question for you. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus? <laughs> Do you believe in heaven? Do you believe in hell? All these questions. And uh, I was very burdened with trying to save everybody. I know that sounds funny almost, but I was very burdened with that. Until I came to the realization of this. Some people are just not cut for that. They just, I come to realize after speaking with thousands of people, one-on-one, face-to-face, I come to the realization Actually, sometimes I went out, actually many times I went out with somebody else. I had a, a person with me that would, um, but when I was speaking with people, I would, I would I'd be speaking to them basically one-on-one. And, but when I come to the realization that, that God, some people are, it, you just got to let them go. And some people it's like, okay, you, 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 you want to go, you know, if you're going to go to you're not going to the place. You're not going where you want to go, bud, but whatever. I mean, and just kind of let it go and just kind of realize, you know what? God chooses certain people and other people he don't. When I come to that realization, so much freedom came to me. I was so relieved knowing that some people you can, you can, it's like, you know, it's like, it's worse than talking to a wall. But that's so true. God, there are some people that God made. God is God. God is God. We just got to trust him. We can't impose our ethics on him. We can't impose our law on him saying, well, that doesn't sound very just. That doesn't sound very right. Well, that, that, doesn't, sound, that doesn't sound good. Please don't project your law on God. Let God 
let God's law be your law. Let God flood your heart, your soul, your mind with his word, with his Torah. Let Just let him be God. He will choose whatever he wants to choose. He will do whatever he wants to do. Exodus chapter 9, verse 17. This is continuing. As you exalt yourself against my people, this is, again, God speaking to Pharaoh, as yet you exalt yourself against my people in that you will not let them go. Behold, tomorrow, about this time, I will cause very heavy hail to rain down, just as has not, excuse me, such as has not been in Egypt since its founding until now. Therefore, send now and gather your, your livestock and all that you have in the field, for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and, and is not brought home, and they shall die. He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee into the houses. Now, look at, notice this. He who feared the word of the Lord, basically what they did is they listened to the Lord. They obeyed. Basically, God came and warned them, if you don't do this, your, your, your livestock is going to die and your servants are going to die. Your people are going to die if you don't do this. So the definition here of fearing the word of the Lord or fearing the Lord is to actually obey him, to respect him, to listen to him. Verse 21, but he who did not regard, notice here, we have feared, the word feared, juxtaposed to the, to the word regard. So to fear the Lord means to regard the Lord. To fear the Lord means to regard the Lord in all that you do, in every thought, in, every, in everything you do, in every breath you breathe. That's what to fear the Lord is to respect him, to regard him. So juxtaposed to those who feared the word of the Lord, he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man, on beast, and on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. Notice again, God did not do it just by himself. He did not just send hail. It was something. He used Moses. Moses had to do something here in order to bring the hail. God chose not to move without man, without man initiating his movements. God chose not to perform any mighty miracles or signs or wonders without using man to get involved in it. Verse 23, And Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire darted to the ground. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with hail, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt 
all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said, well, at least Pharaoh knows who to go to anyway. Then he sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. Oh, really, Pharaoh? Really? Yeah. I, I, do you think? Do you think? The Lord is righteous. Uh, reminds me of Job, right? People, and A lot of people today, the same thing. It's the same thing. They think they are more righteous than God. They think they're more righteous than God in many ways. If they were God, they wouldn't create. <laughs> oh boy, how far do I, maybe I should stop here before I get myself in trouble. If they were God, they would not create things the way God created them. Let me just say that. But God knows best. And I'm talking about creation. I'm not talking about what people think God created. <laughs> just because somebody is born a certain way or just because, just because doesn't mean that it's, we have, I mean, is it not possible for the devil to some, people have all these superstitious kind of beliefs in their head, like, you know, they don't know the ways of God. They don't know the ways, the ways of God. That's, that's, that's really the bottom line. So Pharaoh finally got, he, again, he kind of, he had a, a little bit of an awakening, not real repentance, I would say, but an awakening. He said, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous. Yeah, I, I would say so, Pharaoh. Again, in this context, Pharaoh was saying, basically, I'm not righteous, but the Lord is righteous. A lot of people today think they're right against what the what the scriptures say. People say, "Oh, look at it says here in the scriptures. Oh, look at look at how evil this is. Look how bad this is." The Lord is righteous, and 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 my people and I are wicked. Entreat the Lord that they may be no more mighty. That there, excuse me, that there may be no more mighty thundering and hail. For it is enough. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. So Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my Lord. The thunder will cease. Oh, this, this, is, this is confidence, guys. This is confidence. Moses was very confident in his prayer life. He was very confident that when he prayed, God would listen. And God would answer his prayers. Listen to that. Listen to how confident Moses is. As soon as he got... Moses said, As soon as I have gone out from the city... I will spread my hands unto the Lord, and the thunder will cease. There will be no more hail, that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. In other words, not yours, the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you will not yet fear the Lord God. Now the flax and the barley were struck, for the barley was in the head and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the spelt were were not struck for our late crops. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and spread out his hands to the Lord. Then the thunder and hail ceased, and the rain was not heard on the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet more 
and he hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hard. Neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken by Moses. Exodus chapter 10. Now the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh, for I was, for I have hardened his heart. Again, here we are again. The Lord said to Moses, the Lord says, I, I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine before him. And that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's sons, your son's son, the mighty things I have done in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that, that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews. Ivrit. Ivrit. The word Ivrit in Hebrews means actually like service, slaves or servants. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they serve me, or else, if refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory, and they shall cover the face of the earth, so that no one will be able to see the earth, and they shall eat the residue of what is left, which remains to you from the hail, and they shall eat every tree which grows up from out of the field. They shall fill your houses the houses of all your servants and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor your father's fathers have seen since the day that, that they were on the earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do, not, do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh. He said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones that are going? And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said to them, The Lord had better be with you when I let you go, when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord, for that is what you desired. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt, for the locusts, that they, were, that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind on the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts, and the locusts went up over, the, over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. They were very severe. Previously, there had been no such locusts as they, nor such, nor shall there be such after them. For they covered the face of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened, and they ate every herb of the land, and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. So there remained nothing green on the trees or on the plants of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. 
Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin only this once and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. So he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a very strong east, strong west wind, which took the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the territory of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go. You know, it's very interesting here before I move on. It's very interesting how you notice God listened to Moses every time he prayed. Even when Moses prayed for Pharaoh. I don't think, I don't know if Moses ever did pray for Pharaoh's quote unquote salvation, that, he, that God would really just completely forgive him and all that kind of thing. Some people believe that, Mo, uh, that Pharaoh was actually saved from the, uh, from the Red Sea disaster um, and that he actually eventually did come to, to repentance later on in life. Um, but that's just um, more, more or less a legend. But I find it very interesting because you see, according to Romans chapter 9, and according to what we read here, just common sense, actually, we just tell you that Pharaoh was an object of God's wrath. Yet, even though he was an object of God's wrath, God still listened to Moses' prayers when Moses prayed for Pharaoh. To heal him or to take the plague away, God listened. It reminds me of Abraham and Ishmael. Even though Ishmael was like the outcast, Ishmael didn't have the inheritance of Isaac. Yet when Abraham prayed for Ishmael, God listened to Abraham's prayer and God blessed Ishmael. So we're on Exodus chapter 10, verse 21. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand toward heaven and there shall that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness which may even be felt. So this is more than just a, a, like a, a literal darkness. This is something that is like a spiritual darkness, not just a darkness of the sun or that kind of thing. It is a spiritual darkness that may, that may even be felt like a deep depression. In the footnotes, it says literally that one may feel the darkness. Verse 22. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. Very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. So you see, there's this theory that the plagues of Egypt reflect what happened on the cross. Starting with, even though the first one was not really a plague, Moses cast down the branch and it became a serpent, just as God cast down the branch, Yeshua, and he became sin for us. And you see, 
the blood was the first one, right? And so we know the blood of Jesus was shed and it kind of culminated all in the darkness. And you know, there was darkness in when, when Yeshua was crucified. Uh, let me just, let's just go there. There's darkness. Okay, so in Matthew chapter 27, verse 45, now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour, three hours, three hours of darkness. In the same, uh, in Mark, it says the same thing, Mark chapter 15, verse 33, and there, and when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Okay, so... Three hours of darkness, three hours of darkness. So interesting that we got three hours of darkness, and in here we have three days of darkness. And it's like one day, one hour for one day. One hour for one day. They did not see one another, nor did they rise from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Verse 24. Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Only let your, let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Let your little ones also go with you. But Moses said, You, you must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind. For we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And even we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. Notice God doesn't tell you everything. Doesn't tell you everything. You know, just He takes you step by step, doesn't He? And I'm sure some of you would can relate to that. That when you walk with God, He doesn't show you the whole picture right up front. Sometimes He does, but not always. Sometimes He shows you step by step. Step one: Go here. And once you get there, I'll show you the next step. Verse 27, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Take heed to yourself and see my face no more. For in the day you see my face, you shall die. So Moses said, You have spoken well. I will never see your face again. Exodus chapter 11. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of, of silver and articles of gold. Why did, why did they say this? Why did God? Why did God tell? Uh, why did God tell Moses to get the people to borrow? Well, you know it doesn't necessarily say borrow, does it? Although typically speaking, it's it's 
understood that the you know hey can can I borrow you uh your you know, can I borrow you know a couple pounds of butter can I borrow you know your jug of oil can I borrow your your gold your silver can I you know it says here speak now in the hearing of the people let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold so why did God instruct Moses to to have the children of Israel get the gold and silver from the, from the Egyptians? Well, you know, God 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 saw the uh, the big plan. He saw the big he saw the big picture. He knew the plan. He's like, okay, you guys are going to go. You guys are going to skedaddle very very quickly out of here very very soon. So I want to make sure you guys are well stocked. I want to make sure you guys are well blessed. Uh, you can, basically, this is your time to, to to ransack and run, for lack of a better term. Not really ransack, but you know what I mean? Basically asking the Egyptians for their riches, perhaps borrowing, perhaps asking for gifts. I don't know. but But the idea is, because you're going to, you guys are going to go. And you need this. Verse 3. Verse 3. And the Lord gave the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus says the Lord, about midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn of the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as not like it before, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against a man or a beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these servants, all these your servants shall come down to me, down to me, saying, Get out! And all the people who follow you. Now notice, all the people who follow you. We're going to read in the next chapter, in chapter twenty, uh, chapter 12, verse 38. That all the people who follow you means not just the children of Israel, not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles. Get out and all the people who follow you. Not just the, Notice, he didn't say get out you and all, and, and all of your people. He didn't, he didn't say get out you and all the children of Israel. He didn't say get out all, you and all the Jews. He said you get out all the people who follow you. After that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, nor, uh, so that my wonders, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. See how God, you see how God set this thing up, right? God set this up. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. He's, he, he had the script already written, so to speak. He hardened Pharaoh's heart. 
He said, Pharaoh will not heed you so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt, period. That's it. Full stop, as, as they sing in England. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Very, very powerful. So, the next pa the, the next section is Exodus chapter twelve, the Passover. All right, see what we have here in the comments. Very, very powerful. Yes, sinner and believer says very powerful. Amen for sure. Amen. All right, so. Pamela says, Aaron, yes, Aaron was. Seek truth in Christ. At what point in a believer, in a believer does one completely set free from sin? Wow, that's a big question. Now, you have to define what sin is. A lot of people don't know. It. it Okay, when I say sin, I'm talking about transgressing the law of God. I'm not talking about mistakes because you can make mistakes with, with, without ever violating the law of God. Like, for example, you, I can make a mistake in the way I pronounce a word. I, I, already, I made many mistakes. So does that mean it's a sin? No, it's, that's not a sin because what law did I break? I mean, Aaron, for example. That's not really the way you pronounce Aaron, right? I mean, in the original Hebrew, it's Aharon, right? Aharon, that's how you say it. I say Aaron because everybody knows him as Aaron, especially in the English-speaking world. For the most part, everybody knows him as Aaron, not Aharon. So I said it differently. Is that is that a sin? I don't think so. If I... You know, if you write a comment and you make a spelling mistake or a typo, is that a sin? No, it's not a sin. Where does it say, thou shalt not make a typo? It's not a sin. You made a mistake, yeah, but it's not a sin. You're walking down the street. You trip on something. I don't know, whatever it is. Maybe the side, the the maybe the surface of the walkway is a little bit uneven. You, tri you trip. Let's say you don't fall. You just kind of trip a little bit. You stumble a little bit. Is that a sin? No. Is it making a mistake? Yeah, it is making a mistake. Is It's not a perfect walk, right? So at what point in, in a believer's walk does one is one completely set free from sin? When a person's born, when a person's in, a, in their in their in their mother's womb, you're not you're not sinning. So you're completely set free from sin there. It's when it doesn't control you anymore. Does that mean that you're not going to stumble? It's not what that's not what I mean. Completely set free from sin doesn't mean you're not going to st stumble. It just means it doesn't control you anymore. You're not a slave to it anymore. It's not your master anymore. You're not continuing to live in that sin. So you can find freedom 
it is possible to find freedom. It's a per, so when a believer gets to the point, and it's very, very possible. It's very, very possible. When a believer gets to the point where they're saying, you know what? I can't really think of any any way that I've sinned today. Maybe not even yesterday. I, I can't really think, what commandments did I break? If you can say that, then you are set free. Again, a little child, a baby, does not, does not transgress the law of God. They're free from sin. You know, they're free from sin. And it is possible to live in a way where you can say, you know what? I don't, I don't remember the last time I sinned. It's possible. Not that you don't make mistakes. Because, you know, you get people to say, oh, nobody's perfect. Well, yeah, nobody's perfect, especially in the eyes of men, especially in, in the eyes of humans. Nobody's perfect. In fact, it is easier to walk with God than it is to walk with men in the sense that it's easier to obey the laws of God and to be perfect in the eyes of God in, according to his law than it is according to the eyes of men. Because the eyes of men, humans are more, this is why David, when remember when the Lord gave David a choice. Okay, David, you sinned. Here's a choice. It's either you get, it's either the Lord's going to punish you or the Lord's going to deliver you into the hands of men and Men will punish you. He's like, I'll take the Lord, not men, okay? Because I know m m human beings are m way more vicious and way more graceless than God. Human beings are way harder than God is, okay? There might be one, like when, when someone who gets born again, there might be one or two sins that you still struggle with. You might have some, still some kind of lingering sin, okay? And, and you know what those sins are. And it is possible, it is possible to be free. I mean, God is all powerful. He doesn't want you to do it, obviously. He doesn't want you to do it. He doesn't want you to sin. He doesn't want you to do it. And he has the power to set you free. You have to get you have to come to the place where you meet that power so to speak and you 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 the chains of those of that sin so to speak is broken when that happens you know it when that happens you know it there is a freedom so it's different with everybody some people they can be set free from all sin just like that when they get saved some people can take a while it depends Excuse me, it depends because people have different sins. People's sins are, they're, different people are enslaved or tied maybe tighter to sins than other people. So, I mean, you know when you are, when you go day after day and say, hey, you know what? I'm, fr I, you know, I don't know if I've sinned. And, and you never get proud. When you're in that position, you're not, you never get proud, okay? Because people get, some, you know, people, they, they have this false idea. It's a false idea that, well, when, you know, 
if you ever were sinless, then you'd be then you'd be too proud. You'd be trusting in your own righteousness, whatever. That's that's nonsense. Because when you do get in line with the Torah, and you do and you do not transgress the Torah, and you're clean, there is no bragging, there is no boasting, there is no arrogance there at all. That place in the in your walk with God is a very very humble place. It's only when you have sin in your life that's when the pride comes in. That's when the holier than now kind of attitude comes in. Hope that helps uh, seek the truth in Christ. Seek truth in Christ. Byron asked a question. Do you think God would let a person who committed the unforgivable sin live in peace and let them prosper and even bless them while they still live? Uh, well, that's a, another big question. How do you define peace? Because peace in the mind of an unbeliever is completely different than peace in the mind of a believer. Someone who knows God and you know, for example, when I got saved, I'm like, wow, I did not know that I could feel so free. I didn't know I could feel so, so alive, so so much peace, so much joy, so much holiness, so much. I didn't know that I could experience this. Whereas you can look at an unbeliever or somebody who who is in that state where they 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 are on their way to hell for lack of a better way to put it, they may appear to have peace, but they don't. It's impossible. There's no rest for the wicked, it says in the scriptures. There's no rest for the wicked. It appears like they're having fun. It appears like they're like there's peace there, but there's not. It's really empty, very, very empty. I don't think it's possible for them to have peace. Prosper is a different, that's a different story. You know, Yeshua made it very clear. You can be the, we can be very rich and still not enter the kingdom of heaven. So prosperity, and if you, if you mean it in the sense of material things, you know, that kind of thing, that kind of prosperity, that doesn't really mean anything. It's almost like the, you know, it's almost like the gifts of the spirit. It doesn't really prove that you're holy, right? Prosperity is, is a gift of God too. It says in the scriptures that he gives us power to get wealth, right? He gives everybody who's wealthy today, doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter whether they're a believer or not a believer. I think most of them are unbelievers. Doesn't matter because God is the one who gives them the power to, to get that wealth. Again, it's a universal law. God had enough mercy on them to you know, to to bring them to the place where they are today, to give them the abilities that they have today. It's from God. Even if they are an atheist, the abilities that they have and the power that they have is still from God. God causes the sun to shine on the wicked and the and the righteous. He causes the rain to come on the on the wicked and the righteous. It, you know, so prosperity doesn't really mean much. Yeah, and blessing them again, how do you define blessing? Because you can have someone who goes around with a smile all the time. They can be smiling and partying all the time, but really they're not happy. You see that in celebrities' lives, right? Celebrities who take their own lives, 
like many of them do. They seem like they have it all. They have everything they can ever want. And they have all the joy, all the fame, all everything they can ever want. Yet, look what happens. They're not really happy. And people are shocked when things happen like that. Thank you for your question, Byron. Question is, have I ever been scared of going to hell? <sighs> I've been scared of disobeying God. I don't think it's scared of going to hell. That's a hard one to answer. Another, I mean, scared of getting on the right side, wrong side of God. I could say that. It's a difficult one to answer. Byron says, and what if someone blasphemed the Holy Spirit unknowingly, not wholeheartedly, and they were unaware that what they were doing was so bad. Would God forgive them if they asked for forgiveness? And that's a super good question, too. You know, Yeshua said that it's 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 that someone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this life or the next. Uh, let me just. Okay. So again, this is difficult because, okay, so Yeshua says in Mark chapter three, he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said he has none. Okay, so Jesus said that because they, his opposers, said that he has an unclean spirit. They didn't recognize that he was he was actually operating by the Spirit of God and not by some other spirit. Uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 9. But he who denies me before men is denied before the angels of God. And anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Okay, so... Matthew chapter 12, verse 32, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. So I find that very, very interesting. This is why I looked it up here, because it's like, notice, it's, it's almost like Jesus is implying that there's two different ages you can be forgiven in this age or this life and then the or this life this age or the age to come the next life so 
it's it's a tough one to answer because you see throughout the Torah where if it's an unintentional or unwill, like if it's an unwillful, if it's not a willful sin, if it's an unintentional sin, according to the Torah. Now, at least most of the sins, if not all of them, most I would I would say at least are forgivable if they're unintentional. The question is, can that be applied in this situation, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? I would say, I would say, let's err on the side of saying no, it can't be just just to make, just to be on the safe side. Okay, so it's a different one, a difficult one to uh, to answer. That's for sure. Abril says, this is such a helpful topic. Thank you so much, Christopher, for all you do. Thank you very much, Abril. I appreciate it. Byron, if someone sells their soul, can they get it back? I believe so. Yeah, I believe so if you sell your soul. Because in a way, when, when, you, when people are living lives of transgressing, violating the Torah, they are by, by action, indeed, they are selling their soul to the devil. Even if they don't believe in the devil, even if they don't know what they're doing, they're still giving legal rights to the devil. And so through repentance, that bill of sale can be revoked, can be, can be torn up. You can get a, you can get a return, basically. Actually, that's what teshuva means. Uh, the word, the Hebrew word that is used uh, typically in, in the Jewish world for repentance is teshuva, to return, come back, to return. Abril says, that is what I was thinking too when you were reading that passage about Paul and predestination, that Yah hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yes. Pamela says, can't sell your soul. It belongs to God. Yeah. Seek truth in Christ. Do you have a study on tongues for believers that believe tongues are a sign of having the Holy Spirit like Pentecostals or like? Yes, actually, uh, several. I have several videos on YouTube about it. I have videos on TikTok about it. I have articles as well. Um, there's an old um, yeah, there's an old uh, website called Hub Pages. I used to publish um, articles on Hub Pages, and I have an article there about speaking in tongues. And that's I think in in all of that platform, that article that I wrote on spe speaking in tongues on Hub Pages performed the best. It was the most popular. Uh, post that I that I did. So yeah, I I do on on various platforms. And I've I have spoken about that several times even in the past few months as well. Abril says, I would love I would have loved to meet you, meet you back then, Christopher. Uh maybe I would have woken up way before when you were, when you were, when you, excuse me, when you first were saved. Well, you know what? I got some, I got some old videos of, uh, 
I'll have to trans. It's on a different medium. I have to put them on the computer. It's not even on a computer. It's old, the old video cassettes. So I'll have to see if I can trans convert them onto to, into MP4s or something. You guys might like that. Some of the old videos from like 20, almost 30 years ago. I'm out in the streets and out on the, uh, in the parks preaching. Going nowhere says, I, I always heard that people selling their soul to Satan, especially for fame, fortune. Some people speculate celebrities and musicians did. I, yeah, excuse me. I think they, I think they definitely did. At least some of them did. Not all of them, but. Pamela says it's not selling your soul. That means just making an agreement. Jesus would take you back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Pamela is talking about the command by God to Moses for the people to uh, to ask the people for their gold and their silver and all that kind of stuff. Gold, etc. for the tabernacle. Exactly. Thank you for bringing that up, uh, Pamela. Absolutely true. That's what they used for the building of the tabernacle, uh, the um, all of the items of the tabernacle, the gold that was used for, for all that stuff, the Ark of the Covenant and all that kind of stuff was, was used from the gold they got from the Egyptian neighbors they had. Think about that. Pamela says, we'd love to see the old vids. Yeah, you know, I need to have one of those. Um, I need to have a little, I got those eight millimeter um, video cassettes and I need to have a, uh, I need to have a machine where I can take that, take those videos and transfer it onto the computer, like a USB or something, video capture device. I don't even have a thing to play it right now, those those videos. But uh, maybe, Lord willing, I will trans convert those videos and maybe show you guys some of those old videos when I was, that was, again, almost 30 years ago. Yeah. Lots of fun, though. Lots of fun back in those days, for sure. Learn lots of things, too. Lots and lots of things. We learn as we go. Okay, guys, I'm going to wrap that up for tonight. Tomorrow night, same time, same place. Tomorrow night, uh, so fast, isn't it? Arab Shabbat tomorrow night, right? The eve of the Sabbath, Friday night, tomorrow night. So, yes, we will have, we always kind of have a little bit of a, a little bit more of a special Fellowship on Erev Shabbat and on Shabbat, see what we can do on Shabbat because it might be it is super interesting. Again, what's going on, what's going on in Canada is is uh, is very interesting. So we'll see what happens on Shabbat. See what kind of thing. See what the Lord has for us on Saturday. So for those of you who don't know, tomorrow night, seven p.m. Eastern, same time, same place. Saturday, two p.m. Eastern. We start earlier on. Sabbath, and uh, it's always fun. It's always a great time. Going nowhere. I spoke about that before. Um, yeah, I do have, yeah, I, I just speak about that before going nowhere. Um, I did address that before in, in other videos. 
if you can ask again, maybe sometime when we have a little bit more time, I'll, I will get into that. Pamela says they had too much, too much stuff for the tabernacle. Someone told them to stop bringing it. Aaron, Moses, or Joshua said that. Yeah, very good point. Amazing, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? Reminds me of, uh, you know, press down, shaking together, running over. More than enough, right? 1 John 2.26 says, thanks, Christopher. Shalom. Thank you very much. 1 John 2.26. And all you guys over there on TikTok as well. Sinner and Believer says, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your fellowship. Hey, by the way, you guys on on TikTok. Uh, most people like it better on YouTube because on YouTube I can I share my screen and it's a little bit more, a little bit more interactive over there. So if you don't have me on your YouTube, don't forget to go over there. Just look up Christopher Enoch, search for Christopher Enoch. You'll find my channel. It should be the first one that pops up. Make sure you subscribe. And uh, next time we go live tomorrow night, hopefully, hopefully I'll see you over there. All right, guys, as always, pray for each one of you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you wonderful, wonderful shalom. Amen, amen. See you tomorrow.